This is the Hockey News Storytellers Podcast with Ian Paul. Kitchener Auditorium. I'm with Joe Birch, who is the Chief Operating Officer um, of one of the most storied junior franchises in Canada. We are in between periods of the Rangers Owen Sound game. How are you doing, Joe? I'm great, Ian. Thanks for uh, having me here today with you. That's great. How great is it that the fans are back in the odd and the OHL is back on? You know, it it is... uh... The last 18 months has been so hard for so many people for so many different reasons. And to have fans here, although we're not sold out, to have fans here and getting closer to maximum capacity makes it feel like normal again. And it brings an energy to the community. It brings an energy to our players, to our staff. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. And uh, it's hard to actually put in words of, of how it really is, but it's, it's amazing. And you, you took this job pre-COVID or in the middle of COVID? Well, mid. Yeah. So I took it, um, I, I came here officially in June of 2020. So it was it was early COVID and uh, and in a whirlwind of, of whatever we were in and uh, starting a new role in the middle of COVID. It's interesting and you learn a lot very, very quickly. And you ever just walk around, for the fans who have not been to the Kitchener Odd, I mean, it's the, it's the best. I, yeah. I go standing room only, right at the back, and I don't think there's a better view in junior hockey to watch a game. You watch by yourself, you focus on the game, but do you ever walk around this building and take it all in? You see McKinnis up there and Stevens and coffee, and what's your take like when you walk in every day to work? So that's it. I get to do it every day, and and every day I get to uh, kind of you know enjoy the the real history and tradition, and and I think that's the thing that people don't realize it. the building itself is celebrating its 70th year 70th birthday this year and uh, renovations have been done along the way to keep it modern with suites and expanded seats and whatnot but there's something about the building and the acoustics and the feel and I get made fun of because I can remember smells and the way that the building felt when I first walked in here as a 16 year old it has that impact on you and uh, when you have 5,000 fans cheering for the Rangers it gives you chills and it's a uh, it's, uh, I've heard people call it the Mecca of junior hockey, and uh, we're really proud of it. I'm very fortunate to be here. And I think it was modeled after the old Maple Leaf Gardens, right? That's right. And the yeah. same smells same are... Same smells, seat colors of the old gold, you know, golds and reds. reds and blues and whatever else. So exact same for those old Leaf fans out there or, or Leaf fans who remember Maple Leaf Gardens. It's got that feel. Right. So you are the chief of this... Uh, operation and it's it's a great operation and so you just mentioned that you played here as a as a junior hockey player and so where did you play um your uh, where did you play um your midget or your minor midget your bantam before you got here yeah i grew up uh in the sarnia area and i was uh drafted out of the sarnia ransom bees uh junior b club we had a pretty good team with uh andrew merrick who was a, an ohl draft pick uh mike olivero uh mike olivera who was a pretty good uh, OHL player, played against guys like Joe Thornton. So we had a pretty good junior B loop. Right. I got drafted out of there in the fifth round and, and came here 
and uh, had Jeff Ward, who's a current NHL coach, as my coach, and played with guys like Boyd Devereaux and Ryan Mujanel, who's now head coach in Providence, and just had a really, really special experience. And um, although I never finished my career here, I was traded to London. I uh, I always felt closest to being a Ranger from my 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 year and a half time here. So it's been uh, full circle for me. Okay, so you're full circle, but between. Then yes. and now, you've had stops along the way, and I think that one of them was at the University of Western Ontario, um, and then you went on to coach, and give me the stops yeah. along the journey. Yeah, so I've had it, and I think that's a neat way to explain it, is it's, it's been a journey, and everywhere along the way, I've, I've really tried to enjoy the journey and learn, and uh, so I went from uh, Kitchener to the Knights, and uh, then from there, I stayed in London and played at Western. And uh, after I was done in Western in 2001, I, I, you know, you get to this time, you're like, do you go play a little bit of minor pro in Europe or, or somewhere in, you know, the United States? And I, uh, I, I didn't really have the desire to do that, but I loved the game. And uh, one of the coaches I had um, at Western was the head coach in St. Thomas, and he was needing uh, an assistant coach. So I started coaching in St. Thomas as an assistant coach, a 22-year-old. By the end of it, I, uh, at the end of my five years there, I actually ended up being the head coach and general manager. Okay. And I wanted to be a coach in the OHL. I was, I, was, I was driven to it. I had connected with Steve Spott and Pete DeBoer. In fact, I had an interview with them at one point. So oddly enough, you know, it, but it didn't work out there. From there, I eventually got hired by the OHL. And uh, I was referred to the league through an interview process and got hired by the OHL as the first director of recruitment. And um, and kind of have built my career um, 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 from that experience where I got the chance to oversee education and player recruitment and development. I went to the agency side right, for yeah, a bit, yeah. which was you a lived great, the dream I of being the dream. an agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dream. To your credit, of yeah, you guys, you're amazing yeah. at what you do. It yeah. just wasn't for me. Right. And uh, then I was fortunate enough to come back to the OHL and work in some various roles. But along the way, I I got to do a bunch of different things, which. At the time, when you're going through it, I, I never really know where it would help me. But in my current role, everything I did has helped me to be able to be prepared for where I am today and, uh, and having to oversee the organization. Right. And so um, before I ask you about that, sure. when you were coaching, how did you sustain a living? Like, yeah. were you working <laughs> other places? or I, I was. Various jobs. Right. Probably year to year, a different right. job. But you were grinding. You were working hard. I was hard. grinding. Yeah. And, and were you educating yourself in the hockey world at the same time? Everything I possibly could. I volunteered at U, the old U-17 camps. I guest coached uh, um, for like high school teams. So I was not much older, but I was trying to help high school uh, organizations. I would watch video. I would call people. I didn't have a big network then. But I had, you know, Troy Smith was a friend of mine who was coaching in the OHL. DJ Smith was my first cousin who was just breaking into the OHL. I would call people regularly to pick their brain because that's all that I kind of knew about how to learn on the coaching side and attend clinics and so forth. But the one thing that I was really doing that I didn't know again, I was building my network and that became important. So your network and and because it's still important yeah. through your league years, your agent years and now um, to be networked around to people so that you can run this thing. 100% and uh, because I don't know everything and uh, I'm not afraid to know I don't know everything. When I came here at the league, I never sold a ticket. Or excuse me, when I came here from the league, I never sold a single ticket. 
And that's the number one driver of revenue here in our organization. So I had to learn quickly. So I pick up the phone and I call Rocco Tulio and I pick his brain as a friend, or I call Rick Gates, who I consider to be a mentor and a former owner of Guelph Storm, or Craig Goslin, and used my resources. And these and are owners network. in Saginaw and owners Correct. in Oshawa. Yeah. And, yeah, and just said, hey guys, what, what do you do well? What, what can I learn from? What are some things that I should think of that I need to know about selling tickets in, in a junior franchise? And in the middle of a pandemic, uh, you had time to do that. Right. And I tried to use that time to learn but use my resources, use my network to help me be prepared for the start of this season. And did anybody tell you how to pop the popcorn in the concessions? <laughs> they do pop it here, which I give credit for because you can go to other rinks and it's in garbage bags. Well, right? Ian, that's part of the tradition. Right. If you were to come here, if you would have been here at uh, 9.30 this morning, yeah. you would have smelled the freshly popped popcorn getting done for you all day long. And but, so as a COO, where you walk the building and make sure that your staff making the ice or making the best ice possible. Will you, will you like get to know those people yes, being uh, around here? Yeah, you know what, getting to know the people more than anything. And, and I really felt that uh, I've tried to be a sponge in every area I possibly can. So whether it is the, uh, the facility staff, we have great people here that we're partnered with as it's a city run um, facility and we're a community owned club. Um, so getting to know the city people, whether it is from the ice you know, the Zamboni uh, uh, staff. But I've really tried to spend the year to be a sponge and learn because we have some tremendous business ops, some tremendous hockey ops staff and people who have been here longer than me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the more that I was able to learn about them as individuals and what their roles were, then I would be able to apply my skills and a fresh set of eyes in, in many ways. Um, to be able to help us to, to get out of this thing. And that's been my number right. one goal, get us out of this thing. So let's shift gears in the, the last part of this to the players. And you yeah. have an incredible experience working with um, at the league yeah. and also your agent work and also coaching. And we all, we, me and you both know that every player in the Ontario League does not play pro. Correct. Right? The majority do not. Correct. So how important is it for you, um, knowing what you know, to educate the players that there's life after hockey, one, like you. Yeah. Okay, you're yep, a Shawnee example. Yeah. But two, get them to focus on that um, rather than, you know, as a backup, um, how hard is it to get their attention to do it? And two, education and social issues yeah. that are important. Well, I, I think, you know, it, it would be a hard, it would be harder to do if I didn't have a general manager and head coach who didn't believe philosophically in the same things. So, so, uh, in Mike McKenzie, he's an educated guy. Mike Zolt is a Western guy who's an educated guy who's our assistant general manager. Um, we have uh, our leadership team really from that perspective all believe in education. None of us play in the NHL, none of us play pro hockey. So I think it's easier for us to be able to relay that message through. One of the things that we've really tried, I know here in Kitchener and even prior to me coming, is saying, okay, if you aren't gonna take a traditional university course when you uh, graduate from high school, Let's figure out ways that we can enrich your life skills so that when you, you do end up going to post-secondary, you, you haven't just sat, your brain hasn't sat idle for three years. So here we have a partnership with a financial literacy course. Uh, when they complete that financial literacy, literacy course, our players will do a leadership course. When they, do the, when they finish the leadership course, we'll then look at something else, whether it might be simple 
as a um, cooking class or a marketing course through things like Coursera, which offer all kinds of free online programming. Right. We won't let our non-high school players do nothing here. Right. And uh, we'll figure out what it is that works for them. Someone like Declan McDonnell, uh, McDonald on our team, he may take courses at the University of Laurier or Waterloo. And we have kids who do both either sort of the non-traditional or the traditional way of learning while you play in the OHL. But we won't let them do nothing because the value is too important. Couldn't agree more. And it's, it's, an, uh, it's an ongoing concern of mine. And I know people like you who are running teams that everybody has to have a backup plan, including NHL players, because Absolutely. you don't play forever. That's right. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, um, the, the, what would a message be to a future Joe Birch who's out there, or playing or not playing, if they wanted to get involved in this great game, this great business, uh, and a, a 16-year-old who's going close to university, a university who wants to go and graduate and get involved in hockey, how do they do it? Well, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a couple things. You know, through the pandemic, I did, I did a few sort of Zooms and classes and, and whatnot, and I, I, uh, we, we could do an hour on this kind of that, stuff, right? right? But I, I, I began to tailor it down to sort of, you know, a really simple thought. Control what they can control, which in the middle of the pandemic, it made a lot of sense. And then even out of the pandemic, it makes a lot of sense. So to me, that's attitude. I actually have a sign in my office here about attitude. So if I'm a young person, a 16-year-old, and um, I'm considering to be into sport, my attitude and the way that I approach every day whether it's positive or negative, and I know there's mental health things that people um, come into there, but an overall positive approach, I think will get them further ahead than saying, poor me, I can't do it, and so on and so forth. So you can control your attitude. I believe young people can control how hard you work. So I can wake up every day and I can, I can squeeze every second out of every day to try to find and get better, or I can choose not to. You can do those two things. And then find your own way to build your network. And, and whether that's volunteerism, which is really important. So you have to kind of give up some time for free. And maybe that volunteerism is through uh, guest coaching, or maybe it's maybe, maybe somebody has an interest in being um, a ticket in ticket sales or marketing or athletic therapy or making ice, making ice or equipment manager or social media or an agent. You don't have to be just a hockey coach, a general manager or a player to be in our great game. For sure. So find ways to volunteer in the area that you think that you may wish to build your career in. So I've done a lot of things, and I said th- those three things, your attitude, your work ethic, and, and, and build your network. That's great. Great advice, and um, I hope the listeners, you touch a listener too to motivate them to go out and do something. Yeah. So the last question I have for you. And I may be putting you on the spot. <laughs> if a family or a couple, you know, people are coming in from university and they're coming into Kitchener and you're a fit guy, so <laughs> you may not have the perfect answer for me. If you're going to, you have time before the game and you're not going to have your hot dog and popcorn at the game, where are you going? I'm going there- to the charcoal. I'm going to the charcoal steakhouse down the road here from us. They got a little bit of everything, so you could get a good fish, you could get a good pasta, you could get a good steak. It's, uh, it's more of a steakhouse. If that doesn't work, Moose Winooski's. The Moose is a great spot as well, too, which has more of your kind of bar flair food. It's got a great lots of TVs and other things. 
One of those two is where I'm going. So the family out there or the group that's coming out <laughs> to a Kitchener Ranger hockey, you got to go to Moose or the Charcoal. Or the Charcoal. You come here early, you get your popcorn, you, you get into it. the great seats here and have a great evening or Sunday afternoon or whenever the game is. But I would say this, though, Ian, don't get stuck just on the popcorn here. The pretzels. Uh, the pretzels okay. are brought in from outside of a local uh, uh, baker in the community okay. called the Grain Harvest. Is it the Bavarian pretzel? It's the Bavarian pretzel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe, thanks a lot for your time, and um, best of luck here, and I'm sure you'll do great with Kitchener Ranger hockey. Thanks, Ian.